Hello and welcome to It's All in Your Head, a mental health podcast. My name is Eli Henry and I'm your host. Before we get started today, I'd like to take a minute to remind you that if you or someone you love is going through a hard time, finding it difficult to go on, needs someone to talk to, you can always call the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline at 1-800-273-8255. That's 1-800-273-8255. They have an online chat option as well if you Google uh, National Suicide Prevention Lifeline. They also have resources for helping other people, uh, talking to other people, and just a lot of great resources. It's nothing to be ashamed of if you need someone to talk to. Go ahead, check it out. It's okay. This is episode three of this season. It's a good one. I'll get into why in a second. Um, pardon my voice. I'm sick. Uh, California is on fire, and the air quality is bad for sensitive groups which I believe means the elderly children and Jews like me. So I have both an ear infection and a sinus infection, and I don't know what year it is. I don't feel great. Um, I'm hoping it makes my voice sexier and, and, and more robust in character, but um, I also hope I'm talking into a microphone and, and not a, a spoon in the shower. I don't know. I feel really out of it is my point. In any event... Um, the response to last week's episode has been great. Uh, I, I've been really enjoying seeing people uh, listen to everything and uh, letting me know what they think. It's great to... It, it's really nice. I mean, it's it's hard to describe. It's just it's nice to have um, have people in the fight, you know, uh, the, the camaraderie, the to not feel alone with it. I know I say it a lot, but it's true. Uh, today's episode is actually very... Uh, near and dear to my heart for uh, uh, a couple of reasons. My guest is Tori Catalano. He is a uh, filmmaker. He's a producer, a writer, a director. He uh, is an artist. He paints. He started building furniture since we recorded the episode, for God's sakes. The man wears many hats. He's a, he's, he's got a lot of hats. And uh, as you'll see from the episode, I think he, he would say his, his mental health wears many hats as well. Uh, but Tori is actually the reason I finally went to therapy for the first time. He's the guy that convinced me. He's the guy that got me to a therapist. Uh, we actually see the same therapist. We're going to talk about that in the episode. Uh, so I owe a lot to him. Um, I really do. And in many ways, I owe this podcast to him because if I hadn't done any of that, I wouldn't have even started with it. So, uh, you know, we talk about it in the episode. There are moments where we speak the same language because we see the same therapist. There's a moment that you won't catch, but I do, where he's basically doing an imitation of our therapist, which I find very funny. Um, I'm excited for you to hear it. Uh, I was really glad to sit down with him and talk about it. Um, and he invited me into his home. His dog, Trudy, who's a sweetheart, is walking around and uh, she makes a couple guest appearances. Dogs have been a very heavy theme in this season so far, uh, and I don't see why there's any reason to stop it. Anyway, before I start rambling on about weird fever dreams uh, because I'm sick, let's just get right into the episode. I hope you enjoy it. Here it is, Tori Catalano.
here with Tori Catalano. Hello. Hi. Um, so we got a dog walking around. That's going to be yeah, fun. Yeah, you'll hear her little high heels <laughs> yeah, clicking. With Max, it's like he's tap dancing. Yeah, yeah. She'll, when she finds her spot, she'll, uh, settle she'll, in. she'll settle in. She's anxious. Uh, who isn't? Yeah. Um, she'll be on next week. Exactly. Uh, so, Tori, how are yes. you? I'm Tori. good. Yeah? Yeah. I mean, you know, relatively speaking, sure. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like impending doom, but getting by. But I mean, how impending is impending, you know? It's true. And well, like at a certain point when it's tomorrow or next year or 10 years, it doesn't make a difference. Yeah, very true. It's what keeps you going. Well, you keep going regardless, I think. Yeah. Um, I've said it before, but I mean, I, I like, I mean, I haven't done this show in a few years, but uh, I don't think I've said it yet on this batch of episodes. Uh, but it's funny. You ask somebody how they're doing. If you leave a long enough silence, it'll always go down. Really? A staircase. I mean, like, not, probably not always, but That's pretty funny. regularly. You're like, how are you today? Good, good, good. Yeah. I'm, you know, I'm okay. I'm, I'm. Relatively speaking. Honestly, it's I, been really hard. You see, you know, yeah. like, it's just, it's always. Yeah, if you keep, if you, a, keep, if you did, like, don't ask another question, I'm just going to keep going, going down the stairs. Yeah. It's the therapy method. Yeah, exactly. Um, so what, uh, what do you have? What do I have? Oh man. Um, like we're talking like a, like a actual diagnosis it's been actually it's interesting you ask because it's it's been like a 30 year question mark uh that they've kind of like you know ran through all the big ones um you know they thought at one point it was like i have like a little bit of everything which makes it hard to diagnose actually but like if you're gonna just bird's eye view is like generalized anxiety um a little bit of obsessive thought disorder. They thought it was straight up OCD, but I don't do like the rituals and stuff like that hmm. and the and the flipping the light switch and that thing, but I'll get stuck in thought loops. I'm going to Which is like a CBT thing. Um, you know. I'm going to get to that in a bit. I want I want to cool. know the difference between OCD yeah. and that soon, but but carry on with Yeah, the, so then the birds yeah, so always, um, always anxious, always had that. Depression is not my thing because usually anxiety trumps that and it keeps me wired and not like lazy. Although like nothing gives you depression like a breakup. So I feel like I'm very situational. Like if a breakup happens or like a job falls through, I'll sink into it. I've never really been the guy that like, oh fuck, I can't, oh, can I swear by the way? Yeah, of course. Oh, okay. Fuck, I can't get out of bed or whatever. Um, like all day, but I've definitely slowed down. Yeah, I you think, know. I mean, that's the thing with depression is like, yeah. that's why I think with all mental health, it's yeah. really hard to talk about with people that don't get it necessarily yeah. because, you know, you tell somebody I'm depressed or I've got anxiety. They're like, yeah, I've been there because everyone's been there. Sure. It's it's completely natural to yeah. occasionally be depressed or occasionally be anxious. Yeah. If, you, if you're in a breakup, you're going to be depressed. Yeah. If you no don't doubt. get something you really wanted, you're going to be a little depressed. Because I went to but, therapy recently you know, and like, you know, they, um, at this new place I go, they give you a little test before every time just to check in. And uh, I like, you know it was a little worse than last time. And like, he wasn't worried. Cause he's like, well, I know you're going through a breakup and I know this. And I, so it's like, you know, it's all relative. It's not like you're just, this is just happening. Side note, uh, Tori and I have the same therapist, yeah. but did you break up with our therapist? Is no, what, what happened was I, I took a little break, not for any bad reason, mm. but because I switched insurance. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I'm not, he doesn't, he's but not I just saw him the other anyway. day. I just yeah. Saw him the other he's day. not covered by my insurance yeah. anymore either. So I just have to do an out of pocket. Yeah. And, thing, it, and but. it's a wallop, but but it's worth it. Um, and then, yeah, I mean, it's been it's been a weird because like I only go once a month. They were certain I had OCD for a while. It, it's really not a textbook, so it, it they couldn't really treat it properly. Um, there was a, they've thrown around 
lots of stuff. Uh, they've thrown around borderline, which I like, it's just like, yeah, okay. That seems a little borderline-y, but like, you know, I'm not up all night doing this. I'm not like in a manic state ever. I'm not like breaking the law. I'm not, you know, like well, that, there's that's like, that's my pull. I mean, the, the thing is, it can be, but they swing is a really, too. really tough one because yeah. I know that, yeah, from, and for people listening who don't really know what borderline personality disorder is, there's, I, I'm not an expert, of course, as I've said a million times, I'm not an expert. Wait, you're not? I thought on this anything. Was a... Yeah, I'm sorry. Um, uh, uh, but yeah, I mean, so bipolar is like, yeah, it's got, there's mania and yeah, then there's right. the depression. Yeah. Of course, there's different types. So yeah. like you can have like, I, I went over this with Vila, I cannot remember for yeah. the life of me what which the difference is right well, like now. my my shrink would be like oh that's it. like i'll tell him i did something he's like that's a little bipolar you know but like i sure. don't have the mania the spending the the you know addiction element which usually comes like there's a lot of things that i right. don't have but like i cherry pick from all the things so right. i'm a little but, ga- but garden variety mental mentally ill <laughs> aren't we all if you probably dig deep enough i think yeah. we all are but yeah but yeah no the thing with borderline that's that's tough is that it's it's um people that are hardcore borderline yeah. like actually borderline yeah. it's very close to like almost on the sociopath right, thing, right 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 but it's not i mean that's the thing it's that's what they it, call it borderline it's on the line of it. exactly yeah, yeah. and the thing that's um interesting about it is it's got like a I, I guess somebody explained it to me once that it's like all or nothing like mm, either you mm-hmm. love or all hate or no- somebody yes and and that's that's where my therapist, our therapist, has has said like that's yeah. a little borderline-y because like someone will wrong me in business or in, on, and I'll be like they're done, they're shit listed, I'm done. You, you probably know friends that we have mutually that I've been like I'm not going to see that person anymore, you know. And I mean, I, I'm probably if I went if I racked my brain, yeah, not yeah. off the top of but, my head. But yeah. then there's like not all the other stuff too. I mean, basically, bottom line, I'm an anxious dude, you know. And uh, it's funny because I had a <laughs> I had a therapist when I was like 11, and my parents were like. You know, I went to all these sessions. They're like, what does he have? And I swear to God, he just goes, I think he's kind of a jerk. Yeah, yeah, So like, sure. I'm kind of a jerk, which when you're a kid, you're a jerk. When you're uh, an adult, you're an asshole. Um, so I definitely am like, you know, but my anxiety makes me an asshole. My, you know, my anger issues make me an asshole. I'm in an anger management group right now. Are you? Yeah. Oh, Once that's interesting. I don't, yeah. I don't know about that. Yeah. Um, I, I, I mean, that was a I really long Nicholson. way of saying what I have, but it's basically garden. Well, that's fine. I got, I cherry pick from each of the little things, which makes it tough. But like bottom line is anxiety. Well, I mean, obviously as we share the same therapist, I think we're going to speak in a little bit of the same language about a lot of these things. Um, and, and we will move on in a second to art and come back to this in a second. But but, uh, just on that, I think like, you know, yeah, it's a spectrum. There's a whole lot of shit, but like our therapist said to me recently when I was asking about something, he was like, yeah, you've got an anxiety disorder. Yeah. Right. There's right. a lot there. There's a lot there. Like there's many, like, you know, OCD is yeah. an anxiety I get disorder. very fixated on health um, things. And like I'll hypochondria? Be like, yeah. And like, I, you know, and I, but again, not full on, but like I'll get in the thought loop about that and like, you know, something hurts, my knee, my, my foot, I'm just like... You know, I used to be really bad where I'd like get on WebMD and just have have, oh, that's have a ball. Been. It's kind of amazing. Whenever you go on WebMD, you're dying. Oh, yeah. No, you're dying. It's like it's either a cold or you're dying. I've gone to the ER based on WebMD oh, like boy. years ago. How much do they like that? They didn't like it at yeah. all. I mean, I've gotten CAT scans based on it. You must have really good insurance or yeah, just <laughs> This was years money. ago when I was on my ex-wife's insurance, which was oh, really good. fantastic. Yeah. 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 Um, Okay, well, I want to come back to that stuff, but, but yeah. before we get too deep into um, 
the deep end, I guess. Uh, can you tell me a little bit about what you do? Okay, so I kind of do two things simultaneously. One is uh, running a production company that I started uh, where we represent different directors and, and people in film uh, and make stuff. And so I run that company. So half, half of my life is like growing that business, getting more work, you know, commercials, music videos, that sort of thing. And then the other half is actually directing, being a, a writer-director. Um, and that also comes through my company a lot too. So like we'll get a project, I'll give a lot of them to myself. Well, it necessitates the, yeah. the, the, the company. But sometimes I don't, you know, like I don't shoot everything that comes into the company. I shoot a lot of it. Um, and then I have like my whole, like, you know, what you'd call like a standard film career on the side where I make shorts and features and stuff like that. But because of the company in the past uh, couple of years, I've been focusing more on that just because it keeps the lights on. How do you Indie decide? film does not. <laughs> yeah, sure. I mean, well, that's, that's amazing if yeah. you can, if you can get that to go on. Yeah. Uh, how do you decide then between what you take and what you give to somebody else? Um, if I don't want to do it. Okay. <laughs> like Expand we, on that. Yeah. Like, you know, like, um, there's a lot of kind of docky BTS stuff that comes through our company, you know, shoot this musician on a press day, you know, for the web, um, different things. I usually won't do that cause it's a little below my expertise level. Now we'll give it to some younger people we represent. Um, you know, a, a commercial came through, I think it was last year, maybe, maybe six months ago for Foot Locker, all about sneaker culture and urban, you and know, you just don't know and that. I'm just like, I just, I don't, I wear Tom's you know, shoes. Like I, I'm not a sneaker head. It would benefit with, from a director, an African-American director, someone that's more embedded in that culture. So like those would be the instances I would pass something off. Right. Sure. Yeah. Um, but I mean, you do still, I do see, uh, you do a lot of behind the scenes, uh, yeah. uh for, for musicians. So like, is it just one of those things where every once in a while you get somebody you like you? Yeah. Cause usually it's, a, it's, it's you know, nine times out of 10, it's someone I've, I've worked with in the past 10 years, you mm -hmm. know, and I like seeing them again. I like keeping up appearances. There is something about like doc stuff and bts stuff that um is cool you feel like you got like a really front row seat to special stuff like i was in john legend's living room a couple months ago shooting some bts and he's just like playing his piano next to like all his gold statues of yeah. various different things i'm like this is cool like i get to shoot this and right. you know what i mean um, um do you think the so do you, do you find that your mental health and your work are connected um or are, yeah do if you i'm not working to... it's it's oh interesting worse yeah. Um, yeah, I think it, it's gotta be something real. it's gotta be a really bad time for me if I'm like not focusing on my work and I'm focusing on, like if I, if I have a job that's currently going on, that will usually take the front seat ahead of the anxiety. Mm -hmm. you, you know, know? It's, it's interesting. I feel like, um, I'm not sure how I used to ask this question when I first did the, the episodes, but so far everyone has interpreted this question the same way, which is not how I meant it. I, I, it's an answer I want. It's just funny that it comes this way. Cause I, I ask, do you see them as connected? And in my mind, I'm thinking like, do you, do you find your work and like the, the creative stuff you do, is it connected with your mental health? But that is a very, very good thing that everyone's been saying. And it's very good that if it I'm happens. not working, then I'm well, just like, Oh yeah, absolutely. If I'm not working, I'm yeah, out of my mind. Right, Every, like right. people keep saying that. Yeah. Stuff, if I'm not doing something, which is, um, I don't know if that speaks to how I'm asking the question now, or if it speaks to like where everyone's at in their lives now, because yeah. I can speak for myself that I've realized that mm -hmm. I need to be working or I'm going to go out of my mind. Oh, absolutely. Um, but that's uh, why I started like gardening and like building stuff because yeah, it's projects. like, I have to be doing something if I'm not working. And I think specifically in LA, the anxiety and the just social, like, you know, you go see a friend or you go to a party and they're like, you want to be the one working. You know, there's like a social 
class thing to it. I, I suppose you know? I, could, I could see that there could be. Yeah. Uh, so you like you're not working, you feel like shit, and then you go to a party and everyone's working and you're not. Like that's a very LA thing. Yeah, I didn't but experience it, when but I lived in New York. Oh, sorry. No, go ahead. Yeah, no, I didn't experience that when I lived in New York. It's a very like this town thing. It's interesting. I feel like that. Um, that that's probably what it looks like on the surface. But if you dug a little deeper, it's probably a party full of people that are not working. Yeah, no, no, no telling no. you about themselves. Working. <laughs> no doubt. Um, but were you asking like how does it how does it come out in the work? Well, that's another thing. Yeah, because I'm wondering if like you know, so you see them as connected in that sense. Yeah. I'm wondering if you ever do connect them. I guess from a creative standpoint, or do you try to make them connected? I mean, way? in my in my you know what I call my day job, which is like directing commercials and music videos, I can't really like interpret like uh, an ST ad. <laughs> be like, you know, I'm gonna, I'm gonna put my own like expression into it. Nest tea for when you're crying in a bathtub. Yeah, yeah. yeah he can't really. Like, hear me out, guys. Yeah. He's in the fetal position. He just lost his girlfriend How and his job. How long is it? Thirty seconds? Can we make it like four yeah. days? But like, definitely. Yeah. I mean, like, you, you've seen like m- probably the film that defines me as a filmmaker the most, Seasick Sailor, and it's like mm-hmm. it's a dark and violent and disturbing story of a person who feels trapped in a life that they can't get out of i mean yeah that absolutely comes from my own demons yeah for sure i mean <laughs> it, it, if, if, it, if you didn't acknowledge that someone would probably have to be like someone would have to take you me might away. Wanna, are yeah. you okay yeah <laughs> right. um so okay so then tell me when you when did you first start directing and, and, and working on that stuff because you've been doing it for a while now mm-hmm. um, well i was a producer first oh okay so like that was my and, and i was like hell-bent on being a producer i was like that's what i wanted to be i think before you and i met um, when I was in New York and I was working at a record label, I was producing music videos and I just felt safe because I was like, I can be the guy putting it all together and you know, the writer and the director and the cinematographer will get the, you know, stuff you need. The, yeah. yeah and, but like, you know, if it sucks, it's on them. I just put it together. You know, mm-hmm. uh, I think there was like a safety barrier there. And then I came out here and I, I started doing more work and I was like, you know, I can, I can do this. So in about 2012, 2013, 13, I started directing, um, and I finally started asking like the shows that were letting me produce. I started asking them to let me direct, like a live concert series I produced for years called The Artist Den. Uh, I was like, you know, give me a shot, and it, I like I took to it like it was. It's a job that I'm meant for for sure. So you mentioned that you started at a record label. Mm-hmm. Um, so you, so yeah. So going back, like when you were at a record label. Yeah. What were you doing there, and like when did you get into that? And was yeah. film even on the radar when you first started doing that? It was oh, film was always a part of everything I was doing. Like I was working in New York for VH1. Uh, they had just—I mean, this is a long time ago because I'm an old fart. But like, you know, they just started like putting content online. So I was working on that, and it's funny because I just told someone today I was so bummed when I got hired at VH1.com because I was like, I don't want to be a dot com. I want right. to be a, on VH1, the TV channel. You know, and now and, you're and, like, oh god, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but that's where I cut my teeth on digital content. I moved into the record label. The record labels were changing, and music videos were dead. So they were like, can you help us build the digital content stuff? Um, so I was 26 years old. And I had a, an office on Fifth Avenue at Capitol Records, at, you know, ways. helping. Yeah, really crazy stuff. And then when I moved out here, that's when it really took off because they wanted me to build the department out here at the Tower. And Katy Perry was blowing up. She was like my first big star I worked with. And her album was taking off. I was tasked with like doing all her digital content. So like my first kind of outing was with like a global superstar. You know, uh, it almost makes it easier, I think, just as a yeah. weird thing. You know, yeah. it's almost easier when you're dealing with somebody that big. Um, I, because, um, I mean, I, I obviously can't speak necessarily to that, but I know that like recently 
Uh, I mean, well, in my career, at weird moments, I've worked with people that are very famous. Yeah, sure. In very weird ways. Yeah. And it's, it's like you kind of are faced with a very, very clear choice of like either panic and just totally melt or do your job sink or swim because all you're here you yeah know? and it's it, it's hard to i think like if i ever thought of it in those terms in that moment i would panic and melt down but you never do until afterwards and, you know i definitely did like start you know i shot garage bands and i shot really you know not famous people but like my first real big job with a big title was with like the biggest artist in the world at and that time. And then if time. you nail it, you get to be like, yeah. well, good. Okay, done. I and that's that. when I decided I to that. leave and start directing my own stuff. Cause I was like, I know this front and back. I've done it with the biggest artist in the world. Right. I can start my own company. I can direct whatever I want. And then like, you know, that job gets you the next and that one gets you the next. And before you know it, like you're getting called by pretty big people, which is cool. F- fun side thing, just speaking of Capitol records and Katy Perry, I, mm. I, 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 I've been going on the website Atlas Obscura lately. Mm. Which is just like weird shit in different cities. Uh, what is it like? What is that? I don't even so, but Atlas Obscura is just a website, basically like here's a bunch of weird stuff you yeah. wouldn't know about. So in LA, there's like 140 things they have. What Some of that? it's stuff you and I know about, like yeah. you know, it's like um, Charlie Chaplin owned that house or something. Yeah, yeah. but or, but it's weirder than that. It'll be stuff like okay, the Museum of Death will be on right. there, so right. we know that. Right. Never gonna go in there, but yeah. we know that. Yeah. It points that stuff out. But other stuff will be like uh, this weird synagogue. In the in Fairfax area, um, has a loading dock, and it is it isn't a synagogue. Wait, oh, that's actually because it's like a gas, it's an oil uh, drill area, and they made it to look like that so it doesn't weird out the people in the neighborhood. Get out of here. Yeah, shit like that. So, but oh one of God, the things on Atlas Obscura is yeah. the Capitol Records building. Uh, yeah. Sublim, not subliminal. Uh, Morse code. Uh, thing at the top, oh, the antenna right. yeah. beeps is is like blinking in Morse code. What does it blink? I remember it's something, it's been right? Something. So that's the thing is, it's been. I know the a same lot of facts message. about that building actually, uh, and I'd love to hear them yeah. at another <laughs> yeah. time. But it's been blinking the same message for, for since it started. Yeah. Except when Katy Perry put out an album, I think probably when you were working on yeah, that. Yeah, it was probably it, it blinked that it was coming out. Yeah. It was the only time it's that's ever so been funny. another one. It's just funny because no one really notices it, and you don't know to look for it because Les Paul built. Uh, tunnels underneath that are reverb and that's oh. where reverb was born was the actual his amp in a tunnel they let him build it down there so and cool. then the sound of reverb was born in those tunnels okay that's, that's all i'm gonna say that's good because i thought you'd like that, that. <laughs> i do like that um okay so okay so you went for the music thing you, yeah. you, you were being a producer at first mm-hmm. um and it's, it's funny that you would not be like yeah it's their fault if they fuck up when yeah. I, it, you think about it, it's like i when i was in film school and i dabbled in producing yeah it's like actually no everything's your fault <laughs> okay, producer? and that's the problem oh because yeah it, it's, it's it was erroneously like, no but it, it's easy to think because in your mind it's not your fault it's their fault yeah. but it's, it, you get blamed for it yeah because that's the thing where like you know i remember being in film school like you're like i could okay i could make a document saying here's everything that everyone needs to do yeah right and i have the timeline the timeline yeah. the timeline the timeline perfect if I tell you to do it, yeah, and you don't do it, yeah, that's technically on you. However, it reflects. Well, on I think you. my that's my, my mood just flipped because I was like, well, now like uh, now I know what I'm doing and I want to be like the boss, right? And I mean, yes, the producer's typically the boss, but like on a set on a given day, the director's the boss, and yeah, I you like don't want the that producer stuff. even there usually. Yeah, I did this one special for MTV. They did like a whole thing on like Katie's like making of her album. I shot the whole, like physically shot it, held the camera, the whole thing. And it like, you know, it, it aired, it was an hour long. And then like, I didn't even like someone else put the credits on and it was like directed by me. And I was like, that's pretty cool. Like that's kind of where it changed. I was like, I, I guess I did direct it. I shot it. 
you know? Yeah. And yeah. I was, so then from then on, I was like, okay, I want to, I want to do more of this. That, this was maybe like 2011 or so. Yeah. Um, nice. And then that's where I started writing my own stuff and, you know, rest is history. So that was 2011. Mm-hmm. 11-ish. Um, so I just want to go back a little bit. I think a lot of yeah. people that listen to this will know something you did, also you posted about recently, mm. was the uh, Obama yeah. Yes We Can yeah. music video. Yeah. Did you produce that? Write that directly? Like, no, so what happened? This was a weird, weird, weird one. I was, you know, dabbling. And, and then we just quickly just tell everybody what it is, just if they don't know. Oh, yeah. yeah uh, it was like a music video that Will I Am wrote the song Yes We Can based on Obama when he was I, he was running. Or he might have even just been in like the primaries. It was like was it two just th- in the primaries? Yeah. yeah shit. Um, where he did the Yes We Can big famous speech and then he like used his audio, like Obama's audio and like made this whole rap and then had like a million celebrities come and do the whole thing uh and it came together really fast and it, it was just one of those things where i was like a kid with a camera at that point like i was still kind of learning this is 2008 obviously before i started i was still learning to produce but i had a camera and a f- will i am called the person who called a person who called a person who called me and was like they're shooting half the people in la with jesse dylan bob dylan's son he's a director and there's going to be a handful of people in um new york um, can you just go shoot them tomorrow and direct it and shut up your camera and set up the lights and the whole nine. And there, I was like, yeah, sure. And like two minutes later, my phone rang from like an 818 number and it was Will I Am straight to my Blackberry. Right. Being like, yeah, man, call, like John Legend will be there and this portion will be there and whatever. And like, just go like sh- shoot it. And I was like, okay. Yeah. <laughs> so like, that, that was really, and it won an Emmy, which is cool. Nice. Yeah. Did you get that Emmy? Or no? I have a certificate. Hey. Yeah. That's, yeah that counts. Yeah. yeah. Um, it's gold embroidered. Yeah. Well. Okay. So, so on that on that thing of music, mm-hmm. then um, you, you also like yeah you mentioned Sea Six Sailor, which mm-hmm. is a short film, mm-hmm. um, starring well Kier mm-hmm. Gilchrist, who's actually who's, I'm gonna have Kier on. Oh, perfect. Here I've known that's Kier's how I know you. I think probably if I track probably. Yeah. Kier's how I know Devin, most people Kier. through that that yeah. crew because yeah. Kier and Devin and I were on a pilot when we were kids. Right. Right. And Canada. Anyway, but uh, so, okay, do you find that music content is harder than fiction or the, the other way around? Or like, what's the different approach when you when you go about those things? Yeah, I mean, it's funny because music really drives my, my narrative side too. So like, even today, I was driving home from a meeting and I was like, you know, I'm, I'm writing the feature version of Seasick Sailor and I'm like trying to think of a scene while I'm kind of just zoning out driving. And I'm like, I need, I need a song to like kickstart the scene. So it's weird because music, like I take to making music content really well because a song speaks to me. I'm like, Oh, I know exactly what to do for this music video. Or even if it's just a documentary, I like listen to the record. I get to know the band and I'm like, I know exactly how to shoot it. So music drives that obviously the music stuff. And then it also drives my narrative stuff too. Like I, I, every scene that I love that I've written has, there's been a song that is like inspired it. That I want to either put in the film or it just inspired me to write the scene. Yeah, I'm, I'm yeah. like that. I, I, I've been meaning for years to make a playlist of music that when I hear oh, yeah. it, I'm like, gotta put that in something. Oh, yeah, I have um, hundreds and hundreds of those. Yeah, I believe yeah. it. Uh, okay, let's get back to uh, the insanity. Uh, right. <laughs> um, so, okay, so you mentioned that you thought you had OCD mm-hmm. uh, and then it looked like it was obsessive thought disorder. Yeah, I mean, well, when I was a kid, it was very much on the like illness worry. I had a friend who passed away when I was like 12 of cancer. Mm-hmm. And like ever since that day, like for me- many years, I was like, I got this cancer. I've got this problem. I've got sure. whatever. And so my parents did the right thing. They put me right in therapy. 
Um, and so it was like dealing with that and worry and anxiety and stress and stuff. And then as I got older, like it shifted from the like worrying about obsessively worrying about health to like whatever I was doing. If it was in college, it was school. If I was, um, you know, working on a project, it was that. And then I'd get caught in these kind of like loops where like I'd ask someone, is this okay? Like 50 times. Like, is it okay that I said that? Is it yeah. like, then two minutes later, like, are you sure it's okay? And then finally, like one, whoever therapist I was at that time was like, this is like OCD kind of. Yeah. That's, that's yeah. where it's like, I think it's hard for some people to track that OCD is an anxiety disorder. Yeah. But when you start with it, the way that you're explaining it mm -hmm. is like, you can really see how, yeah, mm -hmm. it's anxiety because all OCD is, is it's anxiety about a specific thing. Yeah, totally. Totally. Circles. So, but then, you know, I'd go yeah. to get treatment for OCD and like a lot of them didn't pertain to me. What, what kind of treatment? Like, like the exposure response therapy? I'd, yeah, I'd do that. Or I'd, I'd go to like a specialist that was just for like OCD, but then like all the worksheets and tests and things like a lot of it didn't apply to me. It was like, you know, do you think that if you don't, you know, snap before you leave the house, it's going to blow up? I'm like, no, I just like, can't stop thinking about like what I say to that girl or, you know, did, did I, did I write the right pitch for this commercial? Like, you know what I mean? Like it would keep me up at night. So I, I, I mean, I, I have stuff to say about that because yeah. it, it pertains to me lately, but I, yeah. I just want to know what obsessive thought disorder is when you first heard about that. I think it was, I really actually don't even know what it is. I think it's just a, a subsect of OCD or just like a milder version without the ritual side of it. Um, but like, you know, after a while I went back to another therapist and I was like, I don't know if this stuff is working. And, and he was like, you know, it might not be OCD, OCD, classic. It could be like an, there's a million different, mm -hmm, there's obsessive yeah. thought disorder. There's there's cognitive this and that, like I, things I don't even remember, to be honest. Right. All I know is I, certain things do help, um, it like CBT therapy, cognitive behavioral therapy, the worksheets. Like if I'm stuck in a loop, I'll like do one of those worksheets and it works. I, I've never done one of those worksheets. Oh, you should do them. Uh, I should probably, I mean, yeah. cause like our, our therapist, I mean, he, the yeah. way he's explained, I've asked him once. I was like, I know yeah. this is CBT, but you never... Give me the sheets. He's like, yeah, because I don't really think they're always necessary. He's, yeah, they're not. He just basically trains us through the stuff he says yeah, and it yeah, gets in our brain. Yeah, yeah. Um, Sometimes but, I'll think he didn't say anything, and I'm like, wait, he did. Oh my god. You know what I mean? Like, it, like the the, the aggregate of the of the visits. But um, but yeah, the, I mean the worksheets. He didn't give me them, and another person did. Um, but they work because it's like asking you to be really like, where is your like dysfunctional thought, and then like you try to prove that thought. And it gets hard to prove it. And then something happens in your brain when you go like, well, I can't prove it. Then you go like, because it's not rational. It's an irrational thought. He tried going through that with me recently. I'll just, because on my end of it. Um, yeah. So yeah, I, I recently got more interested in OCD because yeah. uh, you know, my, my girlfriend has OCD. Yeah. And the way she's explained it to me is, is interesting because it's not always, I mean, it's not for most people probably not like what we think. You know, mm -hmm. you, you hear OCD and you think, okay, well, it's, turning off an online switch right. six times before you go outside yep. or else your house will blow up, like yep. you said. Um, and I'm like, okay, well, I don't have that. You know, that's that's um, odd. But it's not exactly just that. No. It is also what you're describing. Spectrum. It's things. Yeah, it's, 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 it's different things. And, you know, I'm not going to go into her, her shit, obviously, because, yeah. I, I, first of all, I don't know all of it. And yeah. it's also, right. it's right. hers. It's hers, right. But, um, you know, so I was researching a lot of this stuff. Yeah. And um, then I realized, like, all of it sounded really familiar, certain mm. elements mm -hmm. of it. And I was like, do what parts do I have it? Well, uh, a lot of what you're talking about, mm -hmm. you know, in, in the sense of like, I was reading about, um, 
Okay, so how? Okay, so the rituals, right? There's the obsession and then the compulsion, right? So the or the ritual is also the compulsion because, like, let's say your obsession is. There's Trudy. Oh, yeah, Trudy's growling. She's speaking of obsession. She's guard dogging. I'm trying to think of something like that that can work for like the more classic style. Yeah. So it's like, you know, am I a danger to everybody around me? Yeah. Like, right? If that's the classic there's, style. There's a sect that, like, these people that are so afraid, they don't leave their house someone. that they're afraid they're going to hit someone with their car. So exactly. they're just like, like I don't have right. that. So the compulsion or the yeah. ritual is to, like, um, turn off the lights yeah. a million times because you want to make sure you did it right so you don't hurt somebody. Or yeah. Right. Like, right. shit like that. Yeah. You know, but it could also be, and again, I'm not an expert. You could look at, there's a website called intrusivethoughts.org, mm. I think, that's really good for this. Uh, but uh, then I was looking through the stuff and then there's the stuff like for what you're describing yeah. which fits more in line yeah. with me yeah. which is the obsession is okay did I do this right Yeah. did I say something wrong Yeah. and the compulsion is all internal it's all inside the head it's, it's like I think some people call it pure O which is where you mm. go in your head over and over again of like did I do this properly did I say this right I'm going to go over and over it again until I don't or I'm going to call myself an asshole or a piece of shit or whatever the hell in response. So it's like this, this kind of interesting thing where it's like I've tried – I've looked at the exposed and response therapy uh, myself only a little bit. And I had difficulty because it's like, okay, if there's somebody who's got the their, their obsession is I'm going to stab someone mm-hmm. so I never hold a knife. Right. But if I start worrying about stabbing somebody, I clench my hands or something. Mm-hmm. The exposed and response therapy is we're going to – Give you a plastic knife and you got to carry it in your pocket or your purse. Right. Hold it. See, I that's where it, right? whatever that is, or, it doesn't um, work for us. It doesn't work for me. Yeah. Right. Because that's where we, I was not I having a, mind a fuck. yeah. Because like you know, my classic thing was like, okay, I go through different parts of my body that I obsess about. Like for for a long time, it was my heart. I was like, you know, my heart's beating fast right now. I don't think I have a good heart. You know, blah blah blah. I go get EKG. Your heart's fine. You know, something else would happen. Uh, like you know, I'd wake up hungover. You know, you get the shakes. Your heart beats, which you don't have to deal with, which is awesome. Um, <laughs> uh, but then I'd go to do this, and they'd be like, I don't really know what the exposure therapy is like to you actually having a heart attack. Like, yeah, you know what I mean. Well, that's the thing that I found interesting because I talked yeah. to our therapist about it. Yeah, uh, Robbie, <laughs> Doctor Rob. And uh, uh, I talked to him about it because it's the thing I was, I was just freaking out about like, so I've identified this problem, yeah. but I don't know how to deal with it because if it's, if it's a matter of like clenching your hand mm-hmm. or whatever, the exposure is, uh, okay, we'll give you, we'll give you this knife and just don't clench your hand. Yeah. Right. I mean, first of all, the other thing is like, see, you didn't stab anybody all day. Yeah. That's a big thing. Totally. But, like, and you, did, you like, didn't do your ritual yeah. and no one died. And that's the exposure. But if it's a physical tick, like yeah. turning the lights off, yeah. for eight minutes you sit there and watch whatever bugs you or, or think about yeah. whatever bugs you and you just don't do it. Right. But when it's your brain and it's your thoughts, I mean, I've been doing a lot of mindfulness meditation. That's you really know good. from meditation yeah. that you can't control your thoughts. Totally. You can just observe them. You can just so say, I'm thinking. In my mind, a lot of stuff for me is like career-based. All mm-hmm. like, For example, like some thing I did, a project I did, anytime I'm reminded of it, I, I think, oh, I fucked up on that. Yeah. I fucked up. Nobody likes me there. Yeah. Like, it'll be a thing I'll do. Um, and so I tried to do the exposure response thing, and I was like, okay, well, I'll just watch this thing. Yeah. I'll look at social media about it or whatever, yeah. and then I'll just try and not think it. But you can't. It's like, don't think about penguins. If I say that, you're going to think about penguins. Yeah. So this is a whole oh, fucking I always weird. do. I know. I can't stop. That's my OCD. But there's also like we we have to give ourselves a break sometimes. It's like if you're obsessing about your career, that could also just mean like you're obsessing about your career, well, which you're allowed to do yeah, like, if you're if you're doing it 
48 hours straight and you haven't washed, you know, yeah, then that's is, bad. But it's, it goes back to what I said at the beginning is like, yeah. know, what's the difference between drive and, yeah, yeah. you know, totally. all that stuff. It's like, these are things yeah. people experience. Anyway, I, I, all that aside. Um, <laughs> so now that you've kind of landed in this obsessive thought mm-hmm. disorder place, mm-hmm. and do, have you found that targeting it, I'm probably going to cut out everything I just said. Yeah, it's fine. Because <laughs> it was all me. But... Now that you've found this obsessive yeah. thought disorder place, or, or this more specific diagnosis, and even though our therapist, you know, he doesn't really believe in thorough. Yeah, this really wasn't from diagnosis. him either. It was from the other one I went to because right. I was like, I need a diagnosis. Does it does it help steer you? Does it help help you at all? Target you? Yeah, I mean, I actually because I went to this new uh, therapist who then put me in an anxiety group. Um, and I got a lot of information out of that group because it was like, it's funny because there was like 15 people in there and like nine of them, their anxiety was like driving. They're like afraid of driving. They either, they were going to kill someone or they were going to get killed and they could not be in a car. Oh my God. And it I, was, I feel that. In a, in a, yeah. Like and it was so easy to do their, their, their exposure therapy because it was like on Tuesday, we're all getting in the car, you know? And I was like, I don't give a shit about this, but I learned a lot about how the brain works through it. And in this class, they were like, you know. Like, you know, I worry about my heart and it's like, look at the evidence. It's always about looking at the evidence. Like, have you died yet? No. How many times have you thought you're having a heart attack? 500. It's just another one of those. Yeah. So anxiety is, is uncomfortable, but it's not going, it can. And then there's a lot of facts she gave, like how an anxiety attack cannot kill you. It just simply cannot kill you. Uh, And that like, cause usually that's where I start snowballing I start panicking oh my god I'm dying you mm-hmm. know and then just even knowing that little fact I'm like oh yeah I can't well that's the thing is I, I, I think the biggest revelation I, I feel like all the revelations I have are by accident but the biggest one that I had was a couple years ago I had a panic attack over the holidays I was at home yeah we were at some <laughs> gathering yeah. you know I was with my family I had this panic attack and it, but I it started when we were out and then I got home mm-hmm. and um, when I got home uh Everyone was watching TV, mm-hmm. and I was like, I'm going to go to bed, and everyone was like, oh, you don't want to watch TV? I was like, no, nah, I'm having a panic attack. They are like, are you okay? I was like, yeah, no, I'm fine. I'm just going to treat it like a cold, you know, take a Xanax and go to sleep. Yeah, oh, yeah. And that I keep moment, it in my pocket all the time just as a blanket. I haven't taken one in a long time, actually, yeah. but mm-hmm. but it was, which, but I mean, I, it, I, it's not because of lack of need necessarily. Yeah. I mean, it can be at times, but, uh, but it's that thing of like realizing, oh, yeah, it, it's gonna go away and I, that's something that Robbie said he was like because I, I, when I first started having them I was like what do I do I want them to stop he was like well they won't there's one guarantee though with a panic attack and it's that it stops eventually exactly and that's, that's the, the only thing like that you cold. can guarantee because yeah. if you get a cold yeah. you're not gonna sit there the entire time yeah. like, where did I get this yeah. what did I do yeah. oh my god you're gonna be like I have a fucking cold I'm gonna take a, a, a NyQuil I'm gonna yeah. go to sleep yeah. but if I have to go to work I gotta go to work like, yeah. you know, it's, just, yeah. it's, it's that thing but yes yeah, so if anyone's ever having a panic attack with me I'm a really 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 good person to help diffuse them because I know like I can and that is actually what they tell you in that anxiety group I was in was like a lot of times it's like what would you tell your best friend so I say I'm having a heart attack my best friend says I'm having a heart attack I'd be like buddy no you're not you're just a little like your heart's beating fast you're fine you're a young healthy person you know so like that helps a lot Um, but anyway what I was saying is I'm really good at diffusing them because I can give that information and be like the one guarantee of this whole thing that is it, and there's not a lot of guarantees in this world, is that this is going to end yeah. at some point. Maybe in five minutes, maybe in five seconds, you know. 
it, it's odd because it's it's actually a very there's a very selfish pitch for uh-huh. for being helpful is that the more you help others the better you get at helping yourself 100 percent and uh, it's 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 like it's you know you could argue about like oh, is that really should I should that be my motivation? It's like hey, whatever your motivation it's part, is. Part if of you're the, helping more people, you know, help yourself. Yeah. yeah, part of the part of the one of the CBT worksheets is you know it asks a bunch of questions and one is what would you tell your friend if they were telling you this? Yeah. And it really all of a sudden your brain you can feel like the the goo in your brain you know switch gears and you go like oh yeah I'd be like stop that's not a big deal um, you know. Absolutely, yeah. absolutely. Uh, I want to uh, just change gears kind of. Yeah. It, it, it's funny, you know, when you interview people, it, it, it doesn't always converge as easily from art to mental health. Yeah. But with you, you, you made something that I really, really like. Um, and I showed it to my girlfriend actually uh, a couple months ago. Oh, the OCD video. The, the OCD yeah, totally show. So, so on um, The Mighty, mm-hmm. uh, which is a website about disabilities, mm-hmm. and they have a whole section about mental health, which mm-hmm. is great. Um you made this short, so I was like, "What it's like living in the head of somebody with OCD yep. for a few minutes." So, uh, if you haven't seen it for people at home, uh, you you might be surprised. You may have seen it, and you just didn't realize You're it. Right. But uh, if you haven't seen it, uh, uh, you should look it up. Uh, Tori Catalano, uh, what it's like living in. Or yeah, I have I have OCD. OCD. This called. is what it's like yeah, in my head, or yeah. whatever. Uh, I'll I'll find a way to link to it. Yeah, on whatever cool. Social media platform still exists by the time I put these. I always out. it's weird. I get hit up literally every I, like every day. About that. Random people find I mean, me amazing. find me on Facebook and they're like, I, and I did it on such a whim. My sister runs that site, The Mighty, and she was like, can you just give us a little insight on your OCD? And I was like, oh, it'd be cool to do a little short kind of for my POV because um, I was pretty anxious then anyway. Uh, so, you know, but also that's like the worst day. <laughs> like, well, yeah, I, mean, but I, I watch that and I feel a familiarity. And yeah. That's the thing is I think anybody OCD or not, if you have an anxiety disorder, yeah. and as we've discussed, you know, it might any number presents in so many different uh, ways and it doesn't yeah. necessarily matter as long as you know how to deal with it but uh, it, it's very familiar so my question is were you stressed out making that because watching it is is a little triggering <laughs> you know it can um, be you know i tried to almost trigger myself to just get to the core of it and and it's it's if you've seen it, you know how it kind of unfolds over like a couple minutes, but it, it's like it, you kind of go from one thing to the next. It's th- That's not how it unfolds for me when I'm having it. It would be like one of those sections, but I like did side by side by side. You know, like I'm never usually like Googling like a disease and then I go right to this and then I go right to that. Like it's usually one of those things. Oh, yeah, for an entire day. Yeah. yeah, not an entire day. Although I have had some really bad days. I mean, I went to the doctor once and they were, you know, unsure about something and like you know for those two days waiting for a test i was pretty much that stressed out the whole time i've been there for for other stuff yeah for me it's never really medical stuff yeah but but it was triggering and it was i tried to like get in my own head and be like what actually happens when i'm really kind of spiraling is like and can i can i put that into like an audible and visual I think it, Thing. it was it was really well done. Yeah. I've tried that too. I've thought about. It. I mean, the, the theme song for this is I, you know it starts with a cacophony of thoughts, and I yeah. had to like go in there and try. And then there's also this level of like, what am I even comfortable putting in this? Because right, I don't right. want everyone to necessarily know. Oh yeah, sometimes I watch it and cringe. And you know, when you're uh, when you're a single person online dating and you're you're a Googleable name because you're yeah. you're an artist. Uh, sometimes I'm like, oh shit! I hope she doesn't see like that. I was worried about or, my counting. Cool One, two, three, it. four, five, six, seven. You know, I do that too, and I yeah. never really fucking realized it yeah. until until I saw that. I was like, yeah, I do count everything. Like yeah, that. I count. Weird. 
I'll just be falling asleep and I'll just be counting through my fingers, you know? Well, that's a good way to fall asleep. Yeah. That's, that's what they say. It's never worked for me. But. Um, okay, so so going back then um, fully into the mental health things, so yeah. let's talk about treatment. Um, <clears throat> therapy, obviously, we've discussed and we have Must. a therapist. And you're the reason I have a therapist. That's awesome. You know, I've talked about You know, that. the dentist analogy. Yeah, that's the, and yeah, I've said I it a million it. times on this fucking show because of you. You're the one. That's awesome. That said, if, you, if your tooth was rotting out the side of your head, would you pay a dentist to fix it? Yeah. It's like, yeah, probably. Yeah. You know. Um, I, I will say, like, I've uh, pretty much every relationship that's ended romantically is because the person just won't go. And I'm, it's it's like, it's a necessity. Therapy? Yeah, it's a necessity for me. Like, I, I just got out of one and it was just like, I'm doing my work. I'm not perfect, but like, we both have to be doing our work. We just have to. Yeah, well, I mean, you know, I, I, I'm not one to, I mean, I think like everyone should be in therapy. Yeah. But it's it's so hard to come by affordably in this country. And yeah, stuff. yeah. But it's one of those things where it's like, I think it comes down just on a more fundamental level to yeah, doing the work. Yeah. Because like, if you're not taking care of yourself, yeah. uh, you know... I'll take care of you when you need me to, and you'll take care of me when I need you to. But if, if, if the foundation of that caring isn't on like stuff I've laid myself, like yeah. this is how I live, and I need to answer those questions. You need to know how you live, and you need to answer But those take questions. it back to the dentist analogy. It's like, would you want to date someone whose tooth was rotting out of your head? You'd drive you nuts. I'd your be head like, or theirs? <laughs> their head. If, you know what I mean? No, like, but yeah. Like, be like, honey, it's black. Yeah. go to the dentist you're driving me nuts like just it that smells. alone yeah, yeah. it's just that stubbornness or that lack of like do you not want to take care of yourself and i know it's, it's hard not it, it does yeah. it does border on judgment and that's the it thing totally that does and i have to also be like aware that like i came from a family that like normalized it by the time i was nine years old was that helpful for you by the way yeah you i'm still friends with my child's psychologist he like changed my life it's interesting because i've talked to a lot of people and, and some people have really really bad experiences with their therapists phenomenal and it kids. was he was like specialized in kind of like creative kids too so like you know i we'd be one session would just be like painting you know and then we get down to business on the next one or we played a lot of chess that's how oh, like that's he would talk and you know so it wasn't like i was just like sitting like you know woody allen yeah. yeah i was like doing chess and you know we'd, it, we'd go in and out of the therapy he was he was a fantastic uh that's psychologist that, that, that see that's the thing is like i think you know there's so much out there with people talking about how shitty it can be there's nothing worse maybe, than a bad therapist. Oh yeah, oh nothing it's, it's worse. awful. Yeah, uh, maybe bad improv, but it's, <laughs> but it's, it's that thing of like when you get put in into something at a young age, and yeah. it can really fuck you up, especially oh, if time. it's not prompted properly. Like you know, I've talked to people that have you know been pushed into it for the stupidest reasons. Yeah, but um, it's great because if it can be done well, I mean, like I had learning disabilities growing up, mm -hmm. and I had a really mm -hmm. good uh, child psychologist yeah. too, and you know, yeah, it helps. But that's that's the battle I fight typically like with this relationship and it's like well you have a lot of things you need to sort out yeah well i went once and she was awful and she made me feel worse it's and like then dating, it's like though. yeah That's the thing is you gotta find the right person yeah and then it's and then of yeah. course they're gonna be like i never want to go with that again it's like if you went to you know the circus and got you know shit on by a clown you'd never go again horrible analogy oh, no, but you know that's true that's true but then you'd be disappointed when it doesn't happen again uh, we, it's, it's interesting. Did I ever tell you about my first experience with therapy? No. So when I lived in Toronto, I was like, ah, I just think I should try this. I got a new doctor. Yeah. Like it was my pediatrician. It was like yeah. a doctor. He was a big boy and, doctor. And he's this guy. Uh, he's, um, you know, uh, a yarmulke, wearing a yarmulke, Jewish mm -hmm. guy. I'm mm -hmm. Jewish. Of course, mm -hmm. I just don't wear a yarmulke. I'm not, because I'm not that Jewish. I wish you, could, you would so I could tell, you know. Yeah, there's no other way to yeah. know. 
Uh, it's not like it comes up out of my mouth every fucking ten minutes. <laughs> but um, this guy, I go in and, and um, I'm like, you know, honesty, honesty with the doctor. I'm like, it's like I, I'm wondering if you could give me a referral to a therapist. Mm-hmm. And he says, well, I've done some counseling. Do you want to maybe talk about it and tell me what's going on? And I was like, okay, okay. You got to be honest with the doctor. I was like, well, I don't really like myself. I mm-hmm. really low self-esteem. Mm-hmm. And he goes, um, well, do you believe in God? Oh, boy. And, and I was like, okay, honesty, honesty, <laughs> honesty, honesty. You got to be 100% yeah. honest. So I was like, yeah. I'm agnostic. I, don't, I mean, I don't know. You know he goes, yeah. And he rolls his eyes. And oh, he goes, boy. Well, to my people, we believe that God puts every one of us here for a reason. And to us, and the thing is, if you're Jewish, you know that in like Passover, you know, there's the whole thing where it's like, there's the three shitty kids, or there's the three kids rather, and you know, there's the three questions, and one, you know, one of them says, what's this to you? Yeah, right. And then you're supposed to answer to him like, well, to us, the Jews, we, and you're yeah. supposed to immediately ostracize. Yeah. It's really bad. Yeah. I've never really thought about it until this. But he like, it did, he pulled that shit on me. I yeah. was like, well, fuck you, man. Yeah. I, and so I didn't see that would be the again, worst way to LA and years later, yeah. eventually you, yeah. you helped me. Get yeah. There, well, that, that's the thing. And I've, I, you, I've kissed a lot of frogs. Let's put it that way. Like looking for, for a therapist, like kissed a lot of frogs. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, sure. yeah, yeah. They don't all turn into Prince Robbie. Yeah, yeah exactly. Um, well, okay. Then, then, then so, uh, that's therapy. I'm wondering if you can tell me a little bit about magic, med- medication, medication. You've been on um, any of those? Oh yeah, I, I've tried. I think the first time was um, I was probably like 21 or 22. I wasn't on medication until then, but it really it was still. I mean, again, I'm older, so this is like early 2000s. So it wasn't like super like uh, mainstreamed. Um, and I, again, kissing a lot of frogs. I, I've tried them all. I, the first thing I was ever on was Effexor. Mm. It doesn't exist anymore, I don't think. It, be, it then became Pristique. Uh, then that one was giving me like horrible, you know, you, you know the the brain zaps. Oh yeah, if you don't take it. Yeah, but that was they were like sidelining me. I, I for people that don't know what a brain zap is, is if you don't take your meds. Yeah. Uh, if you if you miss your a day, certain types of meds, your withdrawal. It, it's like. Uh, it's hard to explain it's what it hard. feels like. It's yeah. just like it, it's a it's it feels like a shock of electricity. Yeah, you just get a little kinda, dizzy. You, you get a little dizzy real quick. Yeah, yeah it's real bad. It's I, weird, it's especially like when you move your blood, eyes. Low blood pressure. Really you know, horrible like feeling. That. Yeah. Um. Anyway, long story short is I've tried them all and I bopped I've bopped around to see if one works better. Mm-hmm. Um. Like Prozac really made me fidgety and couldn't sleep and emotional. I think for a hot second, for about two weeks, I tried Celexa and like didn't stop crying. Uh, it's just weird because then, you know, you talk to someone, they're like, oh, it changed my life, you know? So, like, who well, knows? It's tough. Yeah, then I landed on Lexapro, did that for about four years. I was on that for a while, too. Um, and then um, I got, got a new MD. He said, why don't you give Zoloft a shot? Lowest amount of side effects, lowest amount of brain zaps, and uh, I've been on Zoloft ever since, and I'm, oh, wow. I'm a fan. That's yeah. great. Yeah. Well, yeah, that's the thing is, and, and you can speak to this, so... Mm-hmm. And because I'm just trying to say for people that aren't on meds or are listening yeah. and thinking about it, it's like, yeah, it, it can't, for me, it was really easy. For me, I went on yeah. one and it was like, yeah, it works. And then we changed it a bit and it was fine. But some people like, like you, you know, it's like, this one sucks. This one sucks. Oh my God, this one's this, this one's oh, this. Yeah. But in those moments, if it's sucking, it wasn't like detrimental to your life. You were able to tell your doctor, Hey, I got to get off. This isn't working. And he was like, okay, let's change it. Yeah. Well, right? yes and no. Yeah. There were, so, I mean, they want you to stick with it. 
So like I, I, I can like remember emailing like doctors two weeks in and being like, I'm like wide awake and I cannot sleep and it's like three in the morning and they're just like, just keep trying it. It doesn't kick in for like four weeks, you know? So that was always like really stressful because I was like, but yeah. I, I like this sucks. And I, there, there were a couple that sidelined me. There, yeah. there were a couple that just didn't agree with me so much that I was like having outbursts. I think I, I've yelled at people like, you know what I mean? Like while, well, while trying to figure it the right one out. And that's the thing is, but, but you were in therapy the entire time. Yeah, oh yeah. And that's the thing because it, it can be a rough ride, but it's a rough ride. It's it's the kind of thing you just need to be know, know you're getting into it. Yeah. But the point is like what my psychiatrist has said um, is like, you know, look, I, when I've said, when at first I was like, I'm worried it'll do this, I'm worried it'll do that. He's like, if it does that, it's not working. Yeah, right. And we'll change it. Yeah. Ideally, now you're on the right thing. You just feel normal. Yes. Which it's a lot of people don't understand how to define. Yeah. No, I'm definitely like, I've leveled out with the, these meds. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Okay, so uh, time to wrap up a little bit of this uh, this episode. We've been, we've been going along. This has been good. So cool. I'm going to ask you some, some questions. I ask you okay. of these. I ask them really fast, so answer them Great. really fast. Uh, they're hard, though. Okay. I, I, I only do this fast because I'm running out of time. It's a problem. Um, <laughs> what's the best advice you've ever received? Uh, best advice would be um, don't let your short-term greed get in the way of your long-term greed. <laughs> some, uh, some fucking Wolf of Wall Street <laughs> shit. But it's, as an entrepreneur, it's, it's a vital piece of information. Yeah, jeez, wouldn't you want to like try and correct it to not be about greed? Well, it, greed, greed is a <laughs> long is is, is is that could be for anything. It just it just means like don't don't take whatever you think you want. Sit on make it sure percent. yeah let, let like make sure it works in the long term, not yeah. just in the short term. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, uh, what's the worst advice you've ever been given? Don't let your long term greed. Yeah. <laughs> uh, worst advice I've ever been given was probably wow that's a really good question that makes me feel like i haven't gotten too much bad advice um you know it was like pertaining to love uh kind of saying um it doesn't matter who you're with as long as you're ready you can you know settle down and and make a life with somebody oh that's that terrible advice. horrible advice that is really bad advice. Yeah, yeah got me into the last mess i was in that's like um that's like uh uh Stand by your man advice. That's not good advice. Yeah, yeah. It's just like, you know, you can kind of, you know, see, and Trudy doesn't like it either. Yeah, I hear you, Trudy. Trudy, come here. I love the little cartoon barks. Yeah. Okay, here's another one. Do you think all artists are crazy? Oh, yeah. So, in the most wonderful ways. Yeah. Yeah. Trudy thinks so, too. And it just takes a certain amount of crazy to put your balls out there. You know, and I use balls, you know, in this day and age, I know. Ladies don't have them, but just as well, a, some do. I mean, no, that's the thing. Is like, like, and I mean that. I don't mean that in like a broy yeah, joke. Yeah. It's like genitals are irrelevant to whatever the fuck you are. I mean, the, the, there is the nothing thing. to me that I think is more courageous than putting your shit out there, no matter what the medium is. Everyone and, shits. That's perfect. Yeah, that's and you got and, and yes, you got to be crazy to do it. Yeah. Okay. I agree yeah. Do you want me to take her down, or do you just want yeah, to take her leave? down? Okay. Could you just take her down? Do you want me? I can pull the things down. What, what advice do you have for other people that are struggling with mental health and in the creative field? Um, I think that, I mean, it sounds so cliche, but like you are not alone. There's, there's just no one that, that doesn't suffer in some way from some kind of mental strain. Uh, you know, illness is a strong word, but like, and, and if someone says they're not, they're, they're not in touch with, you know, their life and their, their, just their presence you know what I mean so yeah you are not alone I know it sounds super cliche but like everybody goes through it uh, 
what would you like to see done for uh, society to help reduce the stigma and make it easier for people with mental illness? Man, I think, I mean, we're headed in a good direction, but I think like there just are, there's still the stigmas and I, 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 I honestly don't know how to, how to break them. I mean, I've talked about it so much that I'm kind of numb to, you know, but you do feel that twinge when you, when you share, you know what I mean? Cause you know, even though it's the same thing, like you broke your arm or you got a cold and you have depression, like there's just, it's a lot easier to say you got a cold than you, than depression. You know what I mean? Um, so hopefully someday we can get it on that same, like, you know, uh, an illness is an illness is an illness and you won't have to say like, Oh, I'm not feeling well today. You know, you can say, Oh, I'm having a mental health day, you know? And, and I, I push people to do that. In fact, the last person I was with, you know, she was going through it and I was like, just tell your boss, I need a mental health day. Just mm. be real about it, you know? So I think once we can kind of put on that same level as like, you know, I just feel under the weather, you know, I got a scratchy throat, you know, I just feel a little anxious today. Right. You know, once that's in the same boat, I'd love that to be the world. <laughs> I am with you on that. Yeah. Um, all right. Well, that's, that's it. That's the interview. Phenomenal. Uh, social media. You have anything you want to, uh, there? let's how, how see. Well, anywhere? you can find my, my company is the colors you like the colors you like.com. Yeah. That's my production company. Cool. Yeah. Do you want people to follow you on any of the other? Not things? really. No, okay, I would just no. stay away from me. Stay away. So, yeah. It's just going to be me and all my failed relationships, you know, until I then delete those pictures, put up the next one and then I'll delete those. So I would just, yeah. Well, that's a healthy way of looking at that. That's that <laughs> steps in the right direction. Yeah. Um, I'm just remembering all the stuff that I wanted to talk to you about. Now that I'm saying we're done. <laughs> all right. There you have it. Episode three, Tori Catalano. Thank you so much for listening. Um, I, I really appreciate it. Uh, you can check out Tori's stuff uh, on his website, as he said. Um, but apparently, otherwise, he wants you to leave him alone. Uh, I will tell you, he's got some wonderful art on Instagram, which if you follow me on Instagram, at It's All In Your Head Podcast, you will see, because I'll link to it. Um, email me if you'd like to about anything at all. It's All In Your Head Podcast at gmail.com. And uh, yeah, stay tuned on the Instagram. I've got a, a picture i took of tori at his home and um all i've got a photo series of all the guests i have uh in the future at some point there's also going to be some some behind the scenes footage from people's homes as well as extra video content that i've recorded so uh please keep up with that next week on the show we have the amazing aurora brown from uh, baroness von sketch show as well as the great canadian baking show uh, she is so wonderful, and she's going to say this. Okay, I don't know if I can stress, if I can convey to your listeners how serious the York University Theater Program is. And I'm going to say this. It's weird doing podcasts because it feels like I'm just in your house explaining to you how seconds it works. But all right, thanks so much. See you then. Yeah.